I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Life, Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. I'm grateful to be turning away from the coronavirus for a bit here to have a a conversation with an absolutely fascinating individual. Uh, This conversation started uh, some time ago. Uh, Earlier this month, it was... It came out of California uh, that lawmakers there had passed a, a resolution apologizing for the U.S. internment of Japanese Americans. It has now been uh, some 78 years since President Roosevelt signed an executive order authorizing the internment of Japanese Americans. And now out in California, the California Assembly has unanimously, uh, by vote, uh, apologized for the role that California played in the internment of those Japanese uh, Americans. As you know, uh, it was not long after Pearl Harbor uh, that Franklin Roosevelt uh, signed that executive order. And uh, in in large part, uh, a number of uh, Japanese Americans, some 120,000 of them, were relocated, taken from their homes, many in the San Francisco Bay Area, uh, and forced into camps across the United States. Uh, There were two of them in California, 10 total, uh, and one of them here in the state of Utah, Topaz, uh, that at the time called the Topaz War Relocation Center. But it was, uh, as we understand now, uh, a place where individuals were held uh, against their will and in turn in California has now apologized for their uh, role in that. So when that story uh, made headlines, when we, uh, producer Amy and I, learned that uh, California had made a move like this and that their uh, assembly there had apologized for their role in things. I said, hey, you know, uh, Topaz is here in Utah, out in Millard County, uh, nearby Delta, Utah. I wonder if uh, if there's anyone that we might be able to get on the phone or here in studio to, to just chat with us, uh, not only about their experience uh, at Topaz, but also about this move uh, by California lawmakers apologizing for uh, their role in the uh, well, the state's role rather in the internment of those Japanese Americans uh, so many years ago. And producer Amy went to work, and she has uh, tracked down for us a fascinating gentleman. Uh, he joins us on the line uh, now, Willie Ito, sir. I'm grateful to you for for coming on the program today. Well, thank you. I really appreciate uh, the invitation. Yeah, uh, let me ask you. Your your story is absolutely fascinating. I it starts, of course, uh, at your home near San Francisco, uh, and then at about uh, eight years of age. Uh, tell me, sir, what happened? Well, of course, um, at age five, I realized that being a cartoonist was my ultimate goal in life. And so while I was incarcerated, I had a chance to hone my craft, you might say, because San Francisco, uh, well, the climate in San Francisco was unlike uh, what we experienced in Topaz. And so with the uh, uh, fairly harsh winters and the hot, hot, dusty summers, uh, I spent a lot of time indoors just uh, drawing. That while you were while you were here in Utah at Topaz, you spent that time drawing. 
Yes, exactly. And uh, of course, see, we um, we used to get the uh, Sears and Roebuck catalogs and the uh, Montgomery Ward catalogs because we had to order our uh, needs through the catalog because we we didn't have a store in camp, uh, and so with the expired catalogs, I would make little sketches in the margins and uh, little figures uh, bouncing and jumping and running and whatever. And then I would flip it and I would make my own little flip books, which was my very early foray into the art of animation. Outstanding. I want to, I want to talk about your career in animation, but, uh, but first I want to get a, a sense of your experience. Can you, do you remember, sir, when you were eight years old and, uh, and you were removed from your home in, in California and brought here to Utah? Do you, remember, do you remember that day? Do you remember what that meant to you? And, oh, yes. I, I remember quite vividly. And uh, it was, uh, well, it basically started on the Sunday of December 7th. Uh, we, um, my uh, uncle, who was a teenager at that time, and had just graduated high school, and his girlfriend, who later became my aunt, we uh, made a, a trip to Santa Cruz, which is a resort area about two uh, two hours uh, south of San Francisco. We spent the morning uh, doing the attractions uh, uh, like the roller coasters and all that. Then later we retired to the beach for our picnic uh, lunch. But around 3 o'clock, the fog rolled in. So we thought, well, maybe it's best to uh, head back to the city, which yeah. we did. But when we reached the uh, city limits, there were armed uh, military police stopping all the cars, checking ID to make sure that you belonged in San Francisco. So we were flagged to go ahead. And as we got into the city, there were kids uh, on every news uh, corner, uh, newsstands uh, selling uh, newspapers with the headline, War. Of course, at that time, I never knew what the word war meant, but of course, I soon found out, you know. And then it wasn't long after that that the uh, Roosevelt's order was signed, and of course, 120,000 of us all on the West Coast, basically, from uh, Seattle to San Diego, uh, we were ordered to uh, pack up uh, and be ready to be evacuated. And uh, many of the uh, uh, residents, Japanese Americans, they they were a little more pessimistic, and so they sold off their homes and their properties and and uh, farmland and whatever, and ready for whatever happenstance would come down the line. Fortunately, my father was. American-born, he's uh, what you call uh, Nisei, second generation. So he was a little more optimistic, and so we kept our home and had a very good Chinese family live in it while we were gone. So fortunately, after the war, we came back to a home. Let me interrupt real yeah. quickly, uh, Mr. Ito. We're going to take a quick break here, and then when we come back, I want to ask you a few questions. First, I want to ask you what this move by the California uh, Assembly means to you, essentially uh, apologizing for its involvement, and then 
uh, a portion of our conversation I have so much been looking forward to. You picked up a hobby when you were at Topaz in that internment camp, and you turned that hobby into a career. I'm going to ask you to tell us that story next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.